Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, honestly, it's actually one of the better stories throughout the sports world this year and really onward and upward now to the next several years at least. And that is the Joe Mazzola story, kind of a surprise story for many. And a lot of West Virginia fans have been following him for a while, so certainly aware of the Joe Mazzola story. But even once he became an assistant with the Celtics and then they went to the finals last year, I don't know anybody expected for us to get here so soon after the fact. But nonetheless, we are here, and it, it could be a future Disney movie. But as we stand, Joe Mazzola now, the full-time head coach, of the historic Boston Celtics. So not only does he finally land that NBA job that he always wanted, but he does it with one of the marquee positions in sports and at 34 years old. So a former Mountaineer player, obviously, Granville State, Fairmont State, assistant with the Celtics, and then all of a sudden head coach with the Boston Celtics. It took some drama to get him there, but he's obviously doing a great job and up with the best record at the All-Star break, coaching in the All-Star game itself. And we'll see how it finishes, but to even get here right now is remarkable in and of itself. I'm Mike Oste, and this is another episode of Mike Drop here on the Believe Network and the Believe platforms, as well as, of course, WV Sports Now. Make sure to find this show as well as everything else we do and put out with Believe throughout Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Everywhere you get your podcasts and also find all of our coverage of the Mountaineers because Missoula is a Mountaineer at WV Sports Now. Subscribe to our channels and also follow us on social at WV Sports Now. And I am going to kind of get the full story here because a lot of West Virginia fans, I'm sure, even us in the media, even people in general, maybe pretty much anyone who doesn't cover the Celtics or who is around the Celtics every day. Even Celtics fans may not know the full story on how Missoula got here, maybe how surprising this really has been, what it's been like of Joe Missoula coaching the Boston Celtics and how it's been different than last year because the roster kind of the same. They're also very, very good, and they were just in the finals. And then really why this decision now to name him full-time head coach, to give him the stamp of approval, before All-Star Weekend was when this was announced, and do it before the playoffs. Because one of the negatives, I guess, if there are any negatives, and that's just the pressure that it, that comes with coaching an historic franchise. It's like coaching the Lakers as well, or say the Cowboys, Steelers, whatever, in the NFL, Yankees, Red Sox, of course, in baseball, Red Wings, Canadians can go, list can go on and on, that It's a great job. It's a mountain peak position. It's where you want to get and where every coach eventually would love to be. But And if you win there, you're in the history books forever. But there's tons of pressure. It's win or people are going to be upset. So the Celtics were just in the finals. Why not wait to see what he did in the postseason before fully locking him in for the future? But Brad Stevens and the Celtics decide now decide now to do that and make him the full-time head coach and to have this conversation i am going to be now bringing on a man who does cover the boston celtics covers them throughout the clns media network he also hosts a podcast with celtics great and radio analyst cedric maxwell so maybe another time we'll talk about cedric maxwell and, and, and cedric stories i'm sure that could be an interesting show but um joe sway pavone 
joining me here on the show as I tried not to to mess up his name too much there. Uh, I hope I got close. Um, I'll try to get better as it goes. I unmute his mic there. So, Joe's way. appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> thanks, th thanks for jumping on for sure. And I kind of want to get the thought process from you and your colleagues in the media and even those who are closely around the Celtics first on this journey with Missoula in terms of when he was first promoted to being interim head coach, what you kind of knew about him then, and then how this has been a saga that right now has led the team to being the best team in the NBA right now at the all-star break. And mm. that starts with when he was promoted to head coach and at the time interim head coach after the Aduka Sama drama and all of that he made Aduka, when that came out and you learned all of that and that was foggy a lot of us on the outside who don't cover the Celtics assumed that maybe Brad Stevens would just step into the job obviously former head coach has the bones to be able to do it coach in college maybe it wouldn't be full-term you know full-time forever but he would do it for a while didn't really happen it went to Missoula so what did you know about Missoula outside of him just being an assistant that was hired on the Celtics? And was that at all a surprising thing for you that he was made even interim head coach or did people that were close to the Celtics seeing what he did with them last year, even as part of the staff thinking, no, this makes tons of sense. This is the guy. You know, it was a bit of a surprise if, if I'm being honest, because just at the time, I mean, it made sense when the announcement was made because we we knew that that was Brad's guy, right? That was one of the only coaches okay. that, was, that that carried over into Ime's coaching staff throughout the 2020, or excuse me, the uh, 2021, 2022 season. So um, we knew the familiarity there. Obviously, this team is trying to get back to the NBA Finals, so we understood that. But to your point, though, the Brad Stevens thing that was that was certainly out there when when the news first dropped about Ime. Okay, I mean, obviously, everyone was wondering what Ime did and what led to the suspension. Right. Once everyone was right. over the fact that Ime wasn't coming back, people wondered, well, is Brad going to step in there? I mean, Brad sort of put this team together. He's been, you know, looking from afar, obviously, but also implementing pieces that have really helped this team, especially last year. I mean, training for Al Horford, essentially his first day on the job was a huge step. And then, you know, looking down the road and the sort of move that he's made, he's obviously in a right. win now type of mode. And he wanted to make a seamless transition. And Missoula certainly checked those boxes and, and it made sense. And obviously, the players understood that this isn't ideal, right? I mean, Joe Mazzulla, obviously, to become an NBA head coach, you know, that's the plan. That's the goal. But he didn't see it coming this quickly. He didn't certainly see it coming together the way it did. So it certainly had that interim feeling. And I think that feeling lasted throughout. I mean, I want to say the first couple of months of the season, none of this really felt permanent. I mean, okay. the only thing that did feel permanent, and this is just no off of no reports or indications that, you know, the, how the Ime Yudoka situation was going to unfold. However, after a couple of months or so, it was clear that he wasn't going to coach the Celtics again. Um, was it a litigation thing? Was there a reason why, you know, you couldn't strip the, the interim label off of Joe Mazzulla? Sure, people will also wonder that. I mean, and then also, you know, moving forward, I think we all knew Mazzulla would finish the season, but no one knew what was going to happen at the end of it. You know, maybe they were going to make yeah. a change. Maybe they wanted to wait and see how the team responded. And obviously they responded in a big way and being the, the number one team, you know, throughout the NBA up until the all-star weekend. So, I mean, all of this makes sense. I, I, I agree with it. I think he is the right guy for the job. 
but waiting it out when you consider everything that happened, the things that factored into him being in this position to be, you know, from, from the get-go, you can understand why there was a bit of trepidation there. You know, him being 34 years old, he's never been a head coach in the NBA, you know, somewhat limited experience, but this, 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 uh, this is a fit though, right? I mean, the situation with the Celtics has, 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 uh, has been great, you know, for, for, for a team that's been number one throughout and, and really hasn't let go essentially yeah. all season long. Yeah, and, and one of the nice things for him, of course, is he didn't just land his first NBA opportunity, a big opportunity in his career to take over after drama, which he would have obviously been thrown if this was any NBA job and certainly would have accepted it on a promotion like this under the circumstances or not. But it's a team that just went to the finals that, that, that right. really competed with the Golden State Warriors and if a dribble went a different way, a bounce went a different way, a call went a different way, a game went a different way. I mean, it wasn't like they got the doors blown off. And it's the Boston Celtics that are always going to be interested in win now mode. So it was a good job in that way that you can plug yourself in and you figure you can win. But of course, and you kind of alluded to this, so I also want to move now to present day and, and why we're doing this show now, that he was interim coach didn't have NBA experience. And it's also needing to be said, he didn't even have high level college experience as a coach. He played right. under a hall of famer and Bob Huggins that might be better than if you just played under any old coach. Of course, he still calls Huggins. I'll tell you, they talk pretty much every week. Huggins tells us that at, at our press conferences, but Glenville state, Fairmont state. I mean, we're not even talking about D1, a, a yeah. mid major here. That's even right. flirting with the NCAA tournament on, on a D one level. He, he's never really dealt with that level of talent as a coach. So he had the interim tag. They were winning, but many also could say, if you want to be a critic or, or devil's advocate to making this decision now is, as you said, many thought, why don't you just wait to the end of the season? Obviously the bar is high. They want to win a title. I'm sure there's Celtics fans that are going to say, if we don't get back to the finals, it's not a successful year because they were just in the finals. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure on him. But why not wait to the end of the year, see how things play out, go into the summer, see if there's not a big-name head coach that's out there on the market because any coach, whether they're a Hall of Fame caliber or a 34-year-old, would love to be the head coach of the Celtics, you would imagine. The landscape right. of the NBA changes every day and certainly has changed now with the Nets no longer really being a contender and they were involved at the time in, in thinking maybe Ime was going to actually end up as their coach. That didn't happen. So why not wait? Why do this now, especially because people could argue that while Missoula is a fit, sounds like he's in tune with these players, they love him, and they're obviously winning, that maybe if, if either one of us was coaching this team, they would still certainly win a lot of games because they're very, very good and they were just in the finals. Like We'll get to later, but how much of this really right. is Missoula? But why do you think this happened now? Because it didn't have to. I mean, Missoula would have right. had no leverage to say, if I don't get the job now, I'm going to walk. I'm not going to come back in the off next year. Uh, you know, the, the Celtics had the leverage here, but they, they caved and, and took away the, the interim tag with 30 games left in the season before the playoffs. I mean, this team, would if, if they get upset and lose in the first round, are they going to regret that decision? We don't know yet. Right. Right. Well, I think with, with Brad Stevens, he just wanted this thing to be set in stone, that this was his team, that he is the coach and that, that there wasn't going to be any plans moving forward. So I can understand that. And, and also when you look at just the way he's handled what's been going on the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's been 
a, a lot of injuries, guys missing. I mean, with Jason Tatum had like a stomach bug. He told us, you know, right before the All Star break, that had forced him to miss some games. We also know that Brad Stevens is, is wanting these guys to take some days off before you know the end of the season, just to sort of preserve how many minutes they're playing a game. Guys like Jalen, guys like Tatum. I mean, Jalen, you know, fracture. You know, he he, he suffered a, a facial fracture and he missed a handful of games before the end of the uh, before the heading into the All Star break. But the Celtics continue to win. I mean, they dropped a couple of losses, but for the most part, I mean, they went seven and two in those last nine games. And this was against quality teams. So I think that that's also played a part here where Brad was like, you know, not that he didn't trust Joe Missoula, but he's really impressed. And I think that he's sort of this is his reward in, in doing that and, in, 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 you know, seeing what uh, how Missoula has put this team together and how he really does res- respond or the players respond rather to to the coach and how they how much they really want to play for him. I think that stuff matters to Brad Stevens. Whereas you know the experience and, and other stuff, you know things about bringing maybe potentially bringing in a veteran coach doesn't carry as much weight when it comes to relationships with their players and coaches. I mean Brad is big on that stuff, and I, I think he's again. I think Joe Mazzulla checks all of those boxes, and he was ready yeah. to, to to make this uh, make this permanent. Yeah, Josue Pavone, uh, CLNS Media, also co-host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast. Joining me here as we're talking Joe Mazzulla, the Joe Mazzulla story, as he now is the permanent head coach of the Boston Celtics here on Mike Drop on Believe, and of course, WV Sports now for the West Virginia coverage. Obviously, a West Virginia connection here with Missoula, starting as a Mountaineer and getting now to the Boston Celtics, the fourth Mountaineer, actually, to be a head coach in the NBA. So we'll see where that career finishes out because we're talking about Hall of Famers as the other one. So there's, again, pressure there. Now, regardless of what anybody thinks, he is the head coach of the Boston Celtics. The interim tag is gone. He's 34 years old. The team is the best record in the NBA. They were just in the finals. They are kind of a young culture, young group, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, et cetera. They're still young players, budding stars. They're the best players on this team. It's not like this is a team of 35-plus-year-olds that maybe a veteran Hall of Fame coach would be better suited for. So maybe he does really, really fit. But for those who don't know, and maybe only somebody who covers this team and talks to them every day could really articulate, how much of an impact has Joel Missoula, Joe Mazzulla actually made on this team? Because it feels like he's a fit. It feels like the players love being around him, even though it also feels like from the outside that he's a bit of a hard-nosed guy and even looking at press conferences and, and, and seeing clips and things like that, it, it's almost closer to Bill Belichick than it is being a friendly person uh, in terms of answering some of the questions. And we've interacted with him before. I've interacted with him before. Didn't knew he wanted to be a coach, knew he knew basketball really, really well, but not this tough of a guy that maybe we're, we're seeing yeah. now. So how much impact has he really made? Because with all of that said, again, this was a really, really good team a season ago. It was constructed. This is not a team he had to really tell how to play basketball. Like, this right. is a high-level team that would have been a playoff team no matter who's coaching them. Would they be the best team in basketball? Would they go to win a championship? We don't know. He's going to get credit if they do it. But this was a great situation to try to kind of learn on the fly. But how much of an impact is he really making on a team that was just in the NBA Finals that is championship or bust? But it's his first time not only coaching in the NBA, but coaching high-level basketball at any level at 34. I think he's making a, a, a significant impact. I, I really do. I, I mean, yeah, th- that stuff helps, right? I mean, the fact that they went to the NBA Finals, this team for the most part is the same team we saw last year 
but add a couple of big pieces like, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's been humongous for this team coming off the bench. The six-man guy, veteran, can tell guys what to do, can implement, you know, an offense and also scoring it while, you know, while also setting guys up. I mean, that's a big piece that Southern didn't have last year. So, sure, I mean, that, that makes things easier. That made the transition easy. But you also have to credit Joe Mazzula for what, he's, what he does with these guys and letting them have a free-flowing offense. You know, I mean, a, a lot was made about him not calling timeouts at particular moments throughout the game where he could have you know, stopped the run or, you know, put something together to really help these guys. But I, I think that's a credit to to who he is. I mean, he's going to want – he likes to let his players go out there and, and figure things out on their own. And I think there's a happy medium, obviously, and he's he's actually improved in that in that regard in terms of calling timeouts at the right time, especially in the second half. But he's learning. I mean, we also have to remember that. I mean, there's a learning curve here. I mean, he can be stern with the media. I mean, he's uh, – I like it, but it seems yeah, I mean, that look, way, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I just think a lot of it has to do with – and I've said this before um, – he doesn't want the narrative to be about what he's doing, right? He wants it to be about the players. Okay. He wants it to be about the team. I, I think that's a lot. Uh, that has a lot to do with it, but he has to – there's going to be times where you have to explain yourself for, for things that you've done throughout the game. I mean, you know, being put up, being put on the spot is obviously part of the job, and I just think that's a part of the, the, the job that he's still learning. And I don't, yeah. I don't think it's – I mean, yeah, it's got, a, it's got a Bill Belichick vibe to it, but I, I feel like it's more of a uh, – it's more it's less snarky and more of a uh, his his way of, of trying to keep up a poker face if you will right i mean he doesn't want to give you all his cards he want to show you all of his cards yeah, sometimes sometime he's got to give us something though you know it's just yeah i, I, I could imagine your i could imagine your frustration a little yeah, bit exactly. yeah cuz i just watching the clip sometimes like even when he's asked about he's, what is it mean to coach in the all-star game and he'll give the answer of it's no big deal it's like what's well, obviously a big deal like it is something mm-hmm. To you know, one word quote. Right. You know, we this is time People, to have exactly. fun. Exactly, we, we, we need our quotes. Right. Yeah, like right. well, right. I, and like All Star Weekend, this is time to have fun. This is time where you kind of you know let your hair down a little bit, even though like right. us, he doesn't have much hair to let down. And to right. still be kind of hard nosed is interesting. Right. But it does feel like he maybe is learning that part of it on the fly because that's something to also be said that not only is he jumping into a major job in general in the NBA, not even having had a major job in college but it's boston media i mean that's so that's a whole region that's a whole new england region but it's also a major city obviously that's a lot to deal with you're gonna have media members that are very comfortable in their positions that are very willing to go back at him if he goes at them like they're gonna be viral clips that national media are gonna try to to put out there and that others are gonna try to find that doesn't happen with every nba job so he certainly knows basketball always had the mindset of being a coach and Huggins has said he always thought he could be a great coach but it's a whole different animal then of dealing with media of dealing with pressure etc and we'll see in the playoffs too if they would happen to get down in a series after having the NBA's best record and being in the finals the tone of those press conferences might be a little different and he's going to get some and media he, members right. and he he understands that part of it too right? right I mean he grew up in Rhode Island local guy in New England right. I mean he, he knows he the area. Watched- he yeah. watched, you know, Mike, Mike and Tommy, like a lot of a lot of people have, you know, I'm, myself included, um, you know, growing up in this area and also having the the the, um, right. the great opportunity of covering this team, you know, for a handful of years. I, I mean, I think he gets all that, but it's it's one thing when you're thrown into it. And um, there were yeah. there were, you know, throughout the, this winter parts of the season where, where it, things got challenging and, and um he was he was put on the spot. You know, there's a lot of tough questions. And, and I just I, I, again, I, I think he's improved in that part of his job but he's still he's still learning 
Yeah, and it also could be, because again, I know they talk constantly, it does also sound a little bit like Bob Huggins. It almost sounds like a little bit of him taking a page out of Bob Huggins' book a little bit, where Huggins every now and then gives us something in press conferences, but they're a lot of the time also very short answers, matter of fact, and he almost, he's not intentionally trying to do this, for, for lack of a better description, Huggins, and from what I've seen from Joe Mazzulla, the way he handles himself and sometimes answer questions, it almost makes you feel like maybe you were dumb for asking it. Like he, he answers it <laughs> yeah, in a way cool. like, yeah, like no duh. Like, obviously this is what I'm going to do. Obviously this is the call here. Like, obviously this is our team. We're going to keep it moving. Like, you know, on to Cincinnati, like say Belichick would say, that's kind of how <laughs> Huggins ass acts. And that kind of how it feels like Joe Mazzulla is acting here again talking the Missoula story talking Missoula now the full-time head coach of the Boston Celtics best record in the NBA but we're not at the playoffs yet and I'm sure that's what he's going to be judged by three four years from now all these best records in the NBA and not another finals I'd imagine the Boston media will start maybe venturing towards criticism but again 34 years old you're learning on the job so to follow up on that then what have you noticed outside of just media dealings but what have you noticed from Missoula uh, that's changed from getting the job as an interim head coach off a of drama, but a lot of pressure because the team was just in the finals. He knows they're good. He knows basketball, but had never been in this position prior. And a lot of Celtics fans may not have even known who he was if they weren't West Virginia fans. Really, there would have been no other way they would have known. And now where he's confident, he's handling press conferences like he's been there for years and he is coming off a little abrasive, but it's because he's confident he has the best record in the NBA, coaching the All-Star game, now the full-time head coach, and Brad Stevens is coming out there publicly and saying, I endorse this guy. That's only a difference of a few months, even though it feels like a really, really long season in the NBA yeah. now because it's covered year-round. What's been different from him? How did we go from there to here? Has he changed at all as a coach or person that you've been around? That you've noticed yeah i mean as a as a coach yeah i mean the the, the calling um the, the timely timeouts in the second half i think has improved i mean um the, the way the team is is um putting together plays at the timeouts i, I think it's improved in that in, in that part of his of his job you know the, the celtics that they would have these tendencies to the offense would just dry up especially in the second half third quarter after halftime so he's done a, he's done a better job of regrouping the guys and and, and getting them to um to, to refocus um, you know, from a coaching aspect, I, I think that's something that we've seen evolve. Um, we, we know about his metaphors and stuff, the things that he's worked with the team, you know, snow, I mean, uh, excuse me, sandcastles is one of them. Uh, how every, every, um, every day, you know, you have to put in the same amount of work, the same type of effort, because the next day you gotta do the same thing over and over again. Is it's that what he means by sandcastles then? I don't know if I've that's heard That's what he means by sandcastles. Oh, okay. So <laughs> okay. You can put together the best win okay. of all time. But you have to do it again and again and again. So his, okay. he had this. Uh, he would put these pictures of sandcastles all over the locker room and stuff. And people, <laughs> I have not heard that. that. The, the team yeah. joked about and you know let us in a bit uh, about okay. his, his dealings. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I, I think that stuff is pretty cool. And um, yeah, and, and how um, um, the team, the, the players are really connected with, with with what he believes in. And um, you can see these guys are are generally like each other. You know, guys hang out after you know outside of. Um, playing, you know, they went to a, a Jack Harlow concert, guys like Tatum, Pritchard, Blake Griffin, um, and, and they spent a lot of quality time together. And, and I think Joe Mazzulla, again, he's big on that type of stuff. And he, um, I, I think he leads in, in that, you know, making sure that guys are that, are that close and that connected. 
is there any sense of this is a 34 year old who's closer to the age of a lot of these players, of course. I mean, certainly yeah. talking Blake Griffin, they're they're not far away from each other. The others obviously are in their 20s, but closer to the age. Any Mudoka is not a, an old man, but then say another coach who already was established that could have been brought in to be the next Celtics coach. Is that maybe part of how this team has continued to gel so well that they do have? It's almost like, is there a possibility that this almost is, a, is an experience where he's a hard-nosed guy, he's comfortable, he's putting sandcastle pictures up everywhere, like it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be his yeah. way or the highway, and I do kind of love that just in general in life. It does feel like Missoula always has been from college to now that if I'm going down, I'm going down my way. If I'm going to succeed, it's going to be right. my way, and that's kind of what you want. That's what this job needs. But is there any players coach vibe to him? Like if they're all hanging out, like is he hanging out with them? Is he, are they liking him? Do they like playing with him from what you've experienced? Seems like Marcus Smart even really enjoys Joe Mazzulla, which a lot of players, even if they respect the head coach who's helping them have success, but usually when they're kind of that tough attitude, they don't necessarily yeah. want to hang out with them on the weekend. They're not really players coach like Bill Belichick. Him and Tom Brady weren't hanging out. He's not a player's coach. He's a great, successful coach, but not a player's coach. But is Missoula, maybe because of the age thing, still able to connect with these players in a way that it also connects with them personally, which helps this team gel, and they want to win for him? I think so. I, I, I think he certainly draws that line, though. I don't think he's going out to consciousness and, and okay, we're right. catching a movie with these guys. So there certainly is that line. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time, though, I, I think when you when you think about how much time this team spends, you know, together, it's it's a lot of, you know, almost the same thing in a, in a way. Right. And, and I also think that when you look at what this team went through last year, the ups and downs. I mean, they didn't just cruise their way into the finals, right? I mean, this, this team was under 500 at one sure. point. No, they and weren't Joe supposed Missoula to be there, right? was there through, during all of that. So I think this, because of what they went through last year, I, I think that helped them in a huge way this season because um, Ime didn't mess around, right? He held these guys accountable. He went in front of cameras and called out Tatum, called out Brown, you know, Marcus Smart, the leaders of this team. And I think that that helped in them responding to that, right? I mean, there was talks about, you know how the city is. Yeah. Potentially this team should, you know, trade Jalen, just shut it down. Right. These guys can't play, can't, can't, can't lead a team. And then all of a sudden everything changed around around January, essentially, right? Right after the new year, uh, the, they did a complete 180 and, and rode that momentum deep into the playoffs and, and fell short. You know, they fell short against a, a – a, dynasty team in the the Golden State Warriors that obviously have one more run left in them. Um, a, a heck of a performance from Steph Curry, you know, veterans, maybe Draymond Green got into these guys' head a bit. I mean, not, there, was, there wasn't a single player on that team that had even reached the finals before. So this was new for right. everyone, including the coaches. So I think all of that, it, it, it weighs a lot on, on what this team went through together. And Missoula was in the middle of that. And I think Brad Stevens, again, you know, that, that carried a lot of weight. And his decision, who's going to take over, you know, um, Ime Udoka. And, and again, because of those experiences that this team went through with Ime, I think that's helped them in a, in a big way. Whereas Joe Mazzullo doesn't have to be the, the the tough guy, right? Doesn't have to be the badass who's calling guys out. I mean, well, first of all, that's not who he is, right? I, I, right. I generally think that's not the kind of coach. That's not, that's not just that's just not his style. But um, you know, to answer your question, you know, I, I guess in, in long form. Um, they because of what they dealt with last year, I think it helps that he's not that guy, and, and that these 
you know, 24, 25, 26 year old guys like Marcus Smart, who's more, you know, closer to 30, and, you know, Tatum and Brown, who are going to be 25 soon. I mean, I, I think, again, they've matured because of what happened last year. And you can even talk about what happened the years before that, right? Where, where they weren't the top guys, when there was, you know, Kyrie Irving in the mix or it was Kemba Walker, you know, right. they, these guys have been through it, you know, even though they're not that, yeah. um, they're not closer to 30 compared to some of the veterans that have been through experiences, you know, multiple trips to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that NBA, that trip to the NBA Finals, when you consider what they went through to get there, I, I think it helped them in a big way. It gives them an advantage compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. You just look at through the throughout the history of sports, certainly in the NBA, a lot of great teams before they win that championship, they lose in the finals once or they mm -hmm. get to a conference finals and lose. Right. And you mentioned it. It was almost a perfect storm to not win the championship for the Celtics last year once they got to the finals. Like getting to the finals was a great achievement. They weren't supposed to be there, but they are the Celtics, Boston media. If once you get right. to the finals, you got to win the title. They're going to hang banners for the title, not for just getting the finals. But it was the the Warriors you still had everybody except for KD, basically. They're still very, very good. Yeah. They got healthy, finally. They hadn't been that the last couple of years. And it kind of felt like once the Warriors got there, they weren't going to let that one get away because they felt like a couple others got away from them. Yeah, so, their so, momentum yeah. Was, was was almost similar to the Celtics. And, and right. these guys, they, they just weren't healthy, right? I mean, the Celtics were relatively healthy, but right. the Warriors weren't. And then when they were at, at some 100%, it was two weeks away yeah. from the playoffs, so they just cruised right into the postseason. They, they both kind of were riding and high at the built. perfect time, exactly. right? And not, not, yeah. and, but and you would think this is crazy. The Celtics, the Warriors, yeah, they're going to get there every other year. But prior to last season, the Warriors weren't supposed to go win a championship, and the Celtics right. weren't supposed to come out of the East. So they they both right. were kind of surprise stories, despite being marquee franchises in, in, in major markets. Uh, obviously, they were both five hundred, man. Yeah, Great. yeah, it's, it, it seems nuts. Now, obviously, the Warriors aren't having the year the Celtics are having this year. This year, the Celtics right. would be a little different of a surprise. They would not be a surprise. They are now kind of expected, and I'm going to get to here in a second on the pressure on Mazzulli if that does exist at all. Jose Joe Sway. Pavone here, CLNS Media and co-host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast, joining me here at Mike Drop on Believe and WVSN. So just a little bit longer, but I do want to get to that. What kind of pressure do you think exists? I mean, you know Boston Media, you know the Celtics. Again, it's great to take over a team in your first job that's so good, that just was in the finals, that already has the experience of being together. They've been through the war. They've been through drama. They've won big games. They've had big losses, etc. In a short amount of time for the leaders that are so young, and they get over drama of even KD coming in and replacing some of them this past offseason. And they get here. They got the best record. Yeah. But they have a 34-year-old coach who's never done this before. I'm sure they love him and they trust him, but they can't say they know for sure he's going to lead them through a championship. It hasn't, hasn't been an experience. They just saw a coach do that who's no longer around. So he has a little bit of comfort now and a, a little bit of a security blanket that he does have the full-time job. They're not going to fire him if they don't win the title, obviously in the off season, which I did see Brad Stevens kind of say he didn't want Missoula to just dangle out there and basically every game in the playoffs be coaching, thinking if I don't win a championship, I'm gone. Wanting to give right. him a little bit of a, of a break because it is that year on the job. Right. But what and, kind and of pressure narrative through the media? Yeah, that would have that would hundred percent even into the finals. If you're down in the final series, the media would have said, "Hey, we're you know just happened last year. Are you feeling like right. this is it for you because you had to win a championship, etc." That would have been annoying for you, for him, for the players. That might not have been the best recipe to win a championship. So that's gone now. But in reality, whether it's fair or unfair, what kind of pressure does exist? on Joe Mazzulla as a head coach in particular, 
because this is the Celtics. They were just in the finals and they have the NBA's best record. Is it championship or bust? If they lose in the second round in an upset, will he start getting killed by the media? Are they giving him a break because he's a 34-year-old? Does he have now a leash, obviously, with the franchise for beyond this season? But what kind of pressure does exist? Because when you're a Celtics head coach, there's pressure there, whether it's fair or not. And you're 34 years old. It's your first major job. But, hey, it's the Celtics and the national media are going to throw that pressure on if the Boston media. Yeah, absolutely. I I think there's some leeway there because the interim tag has taken off. It's, you know, for sure. I think that's that's um, that's pretty spot on. I mean, if this team were down and all of a sudden the, the talk is, well, is this guy prepared to do this next year? Right. Maybe they, they, they stop listening right. to him. So I think all that goes away when you take a, take away the interim tag and you, you you have the belief in him. But, yeah, I mean, people will still be critical, obviously. I mean, this is a big spot here. This team is expected to go back to the NBA Finals, and I do believe if they don't, then it, it will be a, a bust. I, I I think this team would it would be considered a, a failure. This season would be a failure if they didn't at least reach the NBA Finals, whether they win it or not. I mean, people can make it, make their debate depending on how things play out. But for now, I will say that if they don't make it to the NBA Finals, that, that that's a, this is a disappointing season. Um, I mean, look, barring any major yeah. injury, which I do I do think plays a part in here. I mean, we're not sure which version of Robert Williams is going to show up. I mean, let's be honest here. And I, and I think that had a lot to do with the Celtics addressing the front court concerns and bringing in someone like Mike Muscula, who's who's been great, right? Or Mike Muscala, who's been great, right? I mean, coming off the bench, he hits a couple of threes, kind of a rah-rah guy, can give you energy. So I, I think that sort of solidifies the second unit and the depth. Yeah. If you if this one thing to be said about the Celtics team, you know, about the last couple of weeks heading into the all-star break is that we find out that how deep this team truly is or truly can be, right? When guys are spot, when guys are on and, and, and someone like Tatum or Brown isn't around. I mean, this team responded in a big way even in a loss against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, forcing those guys to go into overtime without essentially your starting lineup. No Marcus Smart, no Al Horford, no Jalen Brown, no Jason Tatum. And this is the team that's supposed to be the toughest opponent you're going to see before, if you want to get back to the NBA Finals, right? Yeah, that was an eye-opener. That almost felt like I know from the vibe from the Bucks that felt like a loss for them. That's who they represent, right? I mean, and then not to mention what they did against the Miami Heat. I mean, the Celtics made it look like they're in just a different stratosphere than a team like the yeah. Miami Heat, which, of course, pushed into Game 7 last year. And people can argue that if Jimmy Butler makes a three-pointer, that the Celtics don't even reach reach the NBA right. Finals. So that, that's how close the margin of error was for the Celtics team. And in some regard, I think that is true. However, moving forward, they're deeper now. I talked about the Malcolm Brogdon move, which I think was huge for the Celtics. I mean, trading for a veteran like that who can not only facilitate the offense for you, can finish games, they can score – anywhere between 25 to 30 plus points any given night if you truly want to right i mean that's how talented he is so i mean uh, again i just think because of the what what the roster looks like and again barring any major injuries i think there will be a, a lot of criticism about how joe mazula you know ex- executed things you know late game execution right subbing guys in and out if anything i think that's something that people will really keep a close eye on if again this other team doesn't make it back to the NBA Finals. There's a second round upset. People, and, and, and again, there isn't any huge major injuries. People are going to wonder, well, what happened yeah. there? Because that's a very talented and deep Celtics team that that fell apart when it mattered the most. Yeah, because I'm sure they're going to say I can write it for them already. It's one thing to coach a team to the best record into February and get it done 
from October to February. Right, it's but, a whole nother thing to coach right. in the postseason. I mean, especially that, when you're being dissected, you know, obviously game after game, right. everything changes. Best of seven series, all of a sudden, you know, the you're showing your cards, the other team is, is going to yeah. read the, the type of adjustment that they have to make. It's things that Ime Udoka went through. Yeah, so for sure. I mean, you know, people can say what they want about Joe Mazzula, but he, he was in the second row of that coaching staff last year. I mean, obviously he played a part, but it'll be interesting to see how he responds to those type of, you know, that kind of adversity that every, every postseason coach sees in the best of seven series. Yeah, and you'll have coaches with more experience in those situations that you're going against. And while there's going to be tape on the team that you're talking about, mm-hmm. maybe how they're different from this year versus last year and how they've been gelling. And there are pieces that have been tweaked that, that help the bench. Also Joe Mazzulla's coaching style. I mean, earlier in the season, the timeouts, et cetera, as you're mentioning, they're going to be the other, they're going to be the other team and the other coach and their staff are going to be able to see, well, Joe Mazzola did this in November, but now he's doing this here right. and he could, he, he could do this and this means this. And they're going to try to dissect everything about Mazzola that maybe he had never experienced before. And the now it's a long gauntlet. So we'll see. I mean, he, he was in a deep run with West Virginia in college basketball, but it's a gauntlet to do this year after year in the NBA with that media pressure and figuring every year postseason, feeling like a deep run needs to happen every single season. Uh, you know, it's rare for teams to get back just for the wear and tear on the body. So, again, two years in a row getting there, it's easier said than done, but it's certainly wide open. I mean, the Bucks, it's Giannis, and obviously they're going to have a chance with Giannis, and they have still a solid crew that's not too removed from a championship. Embiid and the Sixers are going to be there, but is his health even some of they can rely on. And then everybody else feels like they're in a lower tier. So the West is crazy now, and they probably wouldn't be favored in the NBA finals. Certainly if it did say is right now, the favorite of the Suns. but the East, you mentioned getting back to the finals as being kind of like a minimum bar to stop any off season criticism. Probably it's, it doesn't sound fair because it's his first year on the job and it's a crazy thing to expect, but it probably is the case because it's so wide open. You have to figure that if they don't get to the finals, they're going to suffer an upset. Like they're going to be favored in every series right. prior to the finals. And unless it's the Suns, they might be favored in the finals. That's really the only matchup they probably would, would get a break and say, well, you just faced the two hardest teams these past two years. So we will totally see what kind of loose do you think though exists beyond this season? Cause the focus always is this season. They were just in the finals 34 years old. It is his first year on the job. He goes from interim to full-time middle of this year. Now, Obviously, what happens in the playoffs could be a factor here. If Brad Stevens sees him, oh, well, he just can't handle it in the postseason. We're going to have to have a meeting. He's not going to fire him, but that might make him wince a little bit, which is why some question the move now. But years from now, after this season, going into next season, what kind of pressure do you think will exist if, say, they don't win the championship? Will it be literally every year of Joe Mazzullo's career that is championship or bust, because even though this is the Celtics, as you know, from covering them, I mean, the Boston Celtics franchise has won one championship since Larry Bird retired. And that's under Doc Rivers. They got to another finals. They didn't win that one. And now nationally, some criticize Doc that you only have the one ring. High expectations, but it's not like this is a lineage of him taking over for Red Auerbach here, where it's every year it's been a championship. So to go into every season now, we're a championship or bust, that does tinge on being unreasonable, but is that the reality that Joe Mazzola is going to have to deal with? That if you don't win it this year, okay, that's fine. It's your first year, but then you got to do it next year. Then you got to do it the year after that. Then every year it'll be, uh, if we're sitting here three years from, basically if we're sitting here three years from now, in your opinion from covering this team, and 
he's not won them a championship despite being so young and so inexperienced at that time. He'll only be 37 years old. Will he eventually, will then that be, will they will actually consider firing him? Like what kind of pressure will exist long-term? Um, you know, this window that they have this opportunity that they have to, to win championships. I, I think the pressure remains for at least the next couple of years, or at least until going into next year. Right. I mean, Marcus, the, the core guys, right? Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, all those guys are locked in. So that's that, that's significant because I don't see the Celtics shaking up that core, um, at least for the next couple yeah. of seasons, including this one, right? So that works in his favor. But, I mean, down the road, who's to say what this team's going to look like? I mean, um, yeah. Jalen Brown's obviously the first one that we're going to wait and see, you know, in terms of his contract and what happens there. And um, if, if he decides to stay, if he does he get the Supermax, all that has to iron itself out. But the, the one thing that you – you look at from afar, or at least on paper, that this team is going to compete again next season because guys are in the contract. Um, you know, they, they had that great balance of veterans and, and, and young guys like Tatum, Brown, Smart, veterans like Brogdon, Al's, you know, still getting up, getting up there a bit, but still effective, right, in his position. Um, what they do with Grant Williams will be interesting. Uh, sure, that'll be a talking point of the offseason. Uh, he will be a restricted free agent. So any uh, team out there, um, the Celtics can match their offer, but if it's through the roof of what reports have been saying recently, which is somewhere yeah. about 20 million per, I mean, <laughs> he might be on his way out of Boston. And you know? NBA <laughs> money's wild these days, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the, the good thing yeah. about the Celtics though, is that um, the big pieces, they don't have to fill in those holes, right? They don't have to go out and get a, a perennial all-star or even someone of a, of, of a, a six man role because they, they, they already had those roles figured out. And, and I don't see that changing within the next uh, couple of playoff runs. So I think that that works in Joe Mazzullo's favor. Um, however, I don't think that takes away any of the pressure uh, going into next season. If they were to, to, to fall short of winning a championship, I think that pressure remains. And then after that, depending on how the roster looks going into uh, I don't know, the 2024, 25 season, we'll be, we'll have to wait and see. But for the most part, I, I would say the next couple of playoff runs. Yeah. That pressure is yeah. going to remain. Yeah. And this is a rare off season for Jalen Brown in particular, but certainly the Celtics, definitely him personally, that win or lose the championship outside of minor pieces. And maybe they'll add somebody, but it, probably will be a rare offseason without the major question mark or the Celtics going to trade for Kevin Durant and try to shake this up and add a, a premier superstar yeah, that's, that's been, above that, their level. happening it, every, every summer, it feels like, right? That's right, pretty, right. The yeah. last, At least the last two, because once it looked like this, the Nets thing was going to continuously be drama and he put the trade right. request in and Kyrie doing what Kyrie was doing and now that's Kyrie totally been broken up. Right, yeah. Yeah, Kyrie left Boston first. That it, it always was, well, weirdly enough, because you don't normally hear this about a rival, that will the Celtics go try to land KD? And if they do that, they got to give up one of the big two, obviously. Do they yeah. need to kind of make one of them the Robin and make Kevin Durant the major guy? And maybe they can't do it together. It kind yeah. of uh, to compare it for all NBA fans, it almost felt like what happened to the Raptors years ago before they won the championship. They had Kyle Lowry, they had DeMar DeRozan, and the Raptors eventually said, Well, we have a chance to get Kawhi Leonard. So, DeMar, it's been wonderful. Great. We'll probably retire your number someday. You're gone. Right. He's better we're going to win a title. And they did with those two. And he just got left out. It felt like maybe the Celtics were, were contemplating that, but in the off season, that's, that's now not going to be a thing. I mean, certainly not for KD. He's not going anywhere now. So that might make it a comfort for Missoula and company that this could be a calm off season, win or lose as rare as that sounds. What I do want to ask Joe, Joe Sway uh, Pavona again of CLNS media and co-host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast 
and, and this isn't necessarily Missoula, but the other end of this story that is now totally really left the consciousness, certainly when he didn't get hired by the Nets, and I guess that's a blessing now because that whole thing got broken up. And now with Missoula, clearly the guy, and they were kind of little under the radar reports now because I saw a lot of Celtics fans were asking, well, what does this mean for Ime Udoka? Does that mean that he is definitely gone? Like severed ties have happened. And it now feels like that is the case. Some Celtics media have come out there and said, yes, that's true. But these weren't major reports. There was no press conference about this. It was kind of under the radar. And maybe that was intentional because they knew it would get into a drama if they did anything more for it. So can you confirm that he is now no longer in any way involved with the Celtics? And just from somebody who's covered him as well as covering this team now under Missoula, what do you think his future could be in the NBA? Can he salvage the drama that existed and still a very young man, a successful man as a coach because they just went to the finals and get himself another job? Because this is a different world that we're living in now, but this isn't the first time that a, somebody of a authority position maybe had a relationship with somebody he shouldn't have had one with, or maybe even a coach. We don't know about what's going on through the history of society or sports. And it got all out there and it's a stain on his resume for sure. Do you think he gets another opportunity? Do you think he should get another opportunity? And how do you think he's kind of been handling this and will he get back in the league? And is he now gone and have they severed ties with the Doka from the Celtics? Because that's the other end of this that has now just gone away with Missoula having so much success. Yeah, I think um, all the reports are indicating that they, they've severed ties completely. And I think that was always uh, the, the general feeling that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and now this just made it official, you know, going into the all-star break and naming Joe Missoula officially the head coach, the 19th head coach of French Southeast franchise history. Um, but, you know, to answer your question though, I, I do think he does get a, he gets a second chance, but I don't know if it's going to be right away. But we'll okay. see. I mean, I, I think the what happened with Brooklyn and them balking on the decision, right. I think that that really hurt him, right? I, I mean, the, the backlash that Brooklyn received from the public, you know, guys on people on Twitter saying, yeah. how could you bring this guy back? Yeah. I don't think that helps him. Um, do I see him, if he does get a job during the offseason, going to a, one of those teams that's just really you know, has stacking up first-round picks and re, in a big rebuilding phase? Maybe potentially, but I again I, I just think most organizations are gonna are gonna be worried about the backlash and, and becoming a hashtag and you know uh people coming after them and, and just bad PR. However, yeah. um becoming an assistant first, I, I think is something that's probably more likely. Um, I just don't know if Ime Udoka would do something like that. I don't know. Do do you if you're Ime, do you hold out and, and, and look for a head coaching job, wait for a team that a franchise that's put in a force in the position that that you know or you think that there's something down the road waiting for you maybe he does that or he's just trying to change his image immediately and he takes the first job that's offered to him and if it's an nba assistant he'll take it i honestly i think that would be the best way the best step but probably he maybe he may think differently right he may think that hey you know i brought a team to the championship and you know if i can just wait for time to pass and people could sort of forgive me you know maybe you go out and do a a, a sit down interview you know, on ABC or something, or you want the whole <laughs> yeah. thing to go away. I mean, we right. don't know the entire story. So maybe he doesn't want any more light shed on, on what happened and why he was suspended to begin with. So I think he can't have both, have it both ways right now. It looks like, right. Um, not enough time has passed. So maybe he waits it out. Or I would say the, the other ways um, him, he's offered an assistant job somewhere. 
Yeah, and it does feel like there's a tight-knit fraternity of coaches that eventually, if he still wants to coach, somebody probably would let him sit on their bench and be an assistant just because he has friends. I mean, he did have success. Right. That that probably could for, for a really long time. Right. Right. And, and that and doing that would not get him out there in a press conference after every game. I don't think the national media would come for it as much right. as like the, it was fly the radar in a way. Right. I right. Mean, maybe, it might. Maybe, yeah. But yeah. right. And, and it might. And that was actually even a thing that was brought up a little bit with Jason Kidd. That Jason Kidd had maybe some cowboys in his closet. Obviously, a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. The Lakers didn't want to give him the job. Because they, yeah, yeah. Because they thought the PR was going to be wild, which it still was a little bit. They let him be an assistant. He won a title there. And then now he's obviously having tremendous success as a head coach in the NBA with the team that he won a title with as a player. So right. somebody will help these people out once, you know, their fellow coaches once the dust settles, but I think you hit on the nail on the head. I think time has to pass. I, I think yeah. we're not even a year later. Time has to pass. And for everybody defending him, because it still kind of feels odd with the way that was handled, put out there yeah. so much on front street, even though we don't know so much, like the confusion was, and, and why are the why are the Celtics airing their business when we don't even know what really happened? Yeah. And there's so many rumors, etc. But as you mentioned, if you do a sit down interview, you're going to have a journalist like us who's going to really go after it. And you yeah. may, right, you may have to then tell the whole story. People might investigate. They're going to fact check what was discussed in the interview. And that could be bad for you. Right. So maybe just could chill. Lead to other names being popped up or other right. people who are close to the situation weighing in on it. Then all of a sudden it's it's bigger than it was when initially first. Yeah, came you, out, you, know? you could have another victim per se, or somebody right. that maybe he was or even someone close to the situation saying, oh, that's, not, that's not what I remembered about it, or that's not what I was right. told. And then Nia Long's name to be dragged again. I mean, all that. Right, right, right. Which he wouldn't want. Yeah, his wife and kids. And right, yeah, that's so the, the mother whole... of his kid, regardless of what they're what they are. You know what their relationship is right now. That's that's his. That's the mother right. of his son. You know, so yeah. And she's put out there that his kids have had to face a lot in school, which you yeah. know you can imagine. So you don't want to have yeah. to have that go that's on a again. Situation. Right. So maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe being an assistant would at least let it go under the radar. You just don't right. know. Uh, I mean, but it, it'll be interesting what happens to him because you yeah. have. A coach that I mean, if we're talking a year ago, he was the Cinderella story, a young coach leading the Celtics right. to the finals, certainly towards the playoffs. And, and plus, now it's that, Missoula. That Brooklyn stuff, I mean, that was two months into a suspension. I mean, that was too soon. That was too long. That was right. way too soon. And I think you uh, again, right. you uh, you right. push, you kick the can down the road, and you, <laughs> you, you wait to see how the how the public responds, but. So far, I mean, you took a you right. took you took the temperature, and it wasn't good, you know. Yeah, no, that I mean, again, in reality, because hearing from KD and Kyrie, it was clearly all about Kyrie's contract, and once yeah. that contract wasn't going to happen as an extension, and maybe they wanted KD him. wasn't going to be there. That was the guy they wanted because obviously there was some familiarity there. He was an assistant at Brooklyn, right? So maybe Celtics job. So maybe yeah, that was their guy. Maybe that was their way of salvaging any trade, any front. Right. Uh, trade request, but it, it but, could but, also. But Jack Vaughn did though. Jack Vaughn, yeah, he did the absolute best he could. Brought him to second place, and and still yeah. wasn't enough. So yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like no matter no matter who was coach, you could have brought Phil Jackson in out of retirement. They were probably going to still break the band up, and it would have yeah. just been, somebody would be sitting there holding the bag. It would have been like the Fresh Prince uh, picture from the end of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air with Will Smith <laughs> the, in, the, in, the, in, in the house, yeah. like everyone moved out. So yeah, I mean, in all reality, it probably was a better scenario that he didn't get that job because. If he stayed there after this season, despite success this year for the Nets, 
it wouldn't really probably be a winning culture for a few years. And it also could have been that the players like Katie and Kyrie, especially, they might have went out there because there's so much going on with the Nets this past year. I mean, they might have went out there and said, we want Ime. He was our guy. He's going to be your guy. And the Nets said, we you know, we don't want to bring in your guy because you won't even agree to show up every other week. So they might not have wanted to bring in a guy that was Kyrie's guy because they didn't know Kyrie was really committed. So the whole thing is a mess. And maybe it's best he wasn't there because it's his drama versus their drama. We'll see about the future, though. I imagine another opportunity will happen. But the more success Missoula has could potentially actually maybe hurt his case because, the you know, there might be people out there. I mean, he built it up, but I don't know. You hope he's not ending up as a footnote in NBA history on Wikipedia someday that this guy coached them to the finals once and then Missoula took him to whatever they end up becoming. But who knows? Maybe he's maybe there's more that we don't even know about what happened to that. Maybe there's no, who knows again, a lot, a lot of that right. will still come out. Certainly if he gets back in the NBA, maybe an assistant is his path. If he can handle that mentally because of what he just succeeded on or maybe college somehow. I don't know. I mean, we've seen a lot of coaches with a lot of, as you know, we've seen a lot of coaches with a lot of cobwebs in their closet, get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And some of them had to take humble pie to go way down to a lower level than where they've been. So I'd imagine that can happen with Ime at least one more job if he does want it we will see though but as we close up shop just um Joe's way and again I appreciate the time for sure we could talk about this all day because the Joe Mazzulla story is just so incredible what what's happened this year and he got a lot of fans around the country certain a lot of Mountaineer fans rooting for the Celtics now is there anything that you still don't that's not been mentioned yet on this show that the public overall does not realize or is not aware about Joe Mazzulla. Cause again, in the national consciousness, he's not been out there that long. And again, he's leading the uh, franchise and historic franchise to the best record in the NBA at the all-star break. We'll see about the playoffs. Um, I guess he's a bit of a jokester in a way. I okay. mean, I, can, I, I saw our first count, you know, the, uh, the, the old, uh, someone taps your right shoulder who's standing on your left. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you yeah. turn. Around. I mean, he did one of those to Derek White, <laughs> except I was the guy on the other side. So Derek White's looking at me like, and I'm like, dude, that was your coach. <laughs> I, so I thought that was cool. That happened in Charlotte, and he kind of just took off laughing. I was just like, so you don't see that every day, right? And I, yeah. I don't think that's uh, again when people talk about the uh, the Belichick buys. I'm like, yeah, a little bit of post in the post game, but he does other stuff too. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. he, he does stuff that Belichick would never do, and um, I thought that was cool because obviously. Uh, doing that in front of the media, he he right. wasn't wasn't shy. You know what I mean? Like it was something that happened quickly and something that you could tell. Um, yeah. Again, um, he keeps things pretty light, and, and and I think there's um there's obviously have to be a happy medium there. But the, the way this team uh, is evolving, I, I think it's it's a good thing. You know, I don't think it's in the other way. Whereas um, some other teams, you just see that separation in the in the locker room, or you know, just the 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 continuity is just not there anymore. I mean, look at look at the Phoenix Suns before they made the trade for Kevin. Yeah, Durant. yeah. Right, I mean, 100%. you just could just tell like these guys like it's not going to work. You know, I mean, look, yeah. the Western Conference is tight. There's a lot of teams fighting for for positioning and all that. But the Phoenix Suns, when you think think about the talent that they have and the momentum that they've had, you know, the first month or so, I mean, it looked like they were one of the teams that were positioning themselves to be one of the top teams. And just the way things have sort of unfolded, and guys, you hear various reports about you know, the tear in the locker room and stuff like that, like. You never want stuff like that to happen, and it does happen in the NBA. It's just natural. You spending a lot of guys, spending a lot of time with yeah. with one another, and, and that can trickle down from the coaching staff, whichever the situation may be. But the Celtics have just kept things really solid, and I think Joe Mazzulla has a lot to do with that. 
I really do. Yeah, and that that can happen in the NBA, especially because that it's a it's a besides the NFL, it is the most covered nationally year round league in the country. And a lot of the time, people are looking for drama. And the Celtics experienced it when Kyrie was there. There was some drama there. Oh, so yeah. now it does feel yeah. like, yeah, it does feel like Missoula, he makes it clear he's in charge. I'm above you, even though you're a player. Maybe mm-hmm. you're making more money than me, but you're going to respect me because I'm in charge here, which is a weird dynamic in the NBA that, that does exist. When you're a star, you're really running the ship. But yeah. it doesn't feel like any of those players are trying to take over for Missoula or trying to run the ship. It doesn't feel like they're trying to tell him what to do. It feels yeah. like there's a respect level there from Missoula to the players to the players to Missoula. But he's right. also close on their age. You can have some fun, keeps the vibe light because if it's too tight, you're going to really press and you're probably not going to succeed the way you should succeed. And there hasn't been Celtics drama like there's been drama in Brooklyn, in Phoenix, in LA, like Miami. Right. There's drama everywhere else I mean, in major guys, markets, but not. These there guys right matured. Now. You know, they've matured in right. a big way. They, they they've come a long way from the team that was at the that was in the bubble, right? I mean, the the reports of uh, a shirtless Marcus Smart yelling out of the locker room and that kind of like you know what I mean? Like that that feels so long ago because that's yeah. how uh, yeah. that's how so far removed these guys are from being that type of dysfunctional to for, for us hearing that type of dysfunction going yeah. on. Um, and I think a lot of it started with um, the beginning of last season. Um, Harime Udoka, new chapter where it wasn't, it, it was, it was crystal clear as to whose team it was. It was Tatum and, and Brown, you know, and Marcus Sure, like the three of those guys, you know, whereas before it was another veteran and those are the younger guys who are learning, you know, uh, Kemba Walker, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, I, the, the Kyrie and Gordon Hayward years. I mean, Gordon going down in game one, I mean, that completely changed the trajectory of the, the identity of that team in some regard, but they, they went through all that and the, the dysfunction and being a, a disappointment when the, when the, when the team had you and when, when national media had you as becoming the, the number one team in, coming out of the East. And you had all those guys, Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, you know, other <laughs> ancillary pieces that made names right. of their own because of that year when Kyrie got hurt, but then you put it all together and they lost in five games to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, so it just goes to show you, 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 you can, obviously put together the most talented team and give you give yourself a, a shot but there also has to be that continuity it has to be that that connectivity and and guys one through eight you know guys one through nine and, and and i think right now this celtics team is this is this is the best i've seen them you know in the last out of the last four or five years this Celtics team for sure talent wise i mean it's it's the best one it's the best one out of, out of all those teams yeah, and it feels the most mature. It feels the most ready. It also feels like the, a team and a group that they realize, too, that if they want to win a championship, which is clearly their goal, they can't be having all the drama that all these other teams have and that they've had in the past. So they're almost right. trying to eliminate distractions. That's what Missoula does. That's the vibe I get from covering coaches, et cetera, that he's trying to eliminate distractions in a press conference. When they ask him about, well, this guy, you gave this many minutes. Why didn't you do this with the lineup? You just, you know, that's just today's game. Right. We'll see tomorrow. Like he's trying to alleviate anything being a freakout session for anybody, which is a positive thing. But again, he's also a jokester in a way, which a lot of West Virginia fans know from his college days that he was a little prankster there in college as well. Oh, is that also, right? A little bit too. And, and him and Huggins talk all the time. And I do also think one thing can be dispelled because Huggins dropped this bomb the other day that Missoula apparently, even from when he was coming out of WU, quickly realized it wasn't going to be a player. It was going to be a coach for him if he was going to have success in basketball and that he always wanted to be an NBA coach, never really a college coach, which is a means to an end when he was at small schools. So I think the whole because there's a lot of West Virginia fans that now have a pipe dream that when Huggins retires, they would try that if 
Missoula does not win a championship with the Celtics, they would try to pull him and have him take over the Mountaineers program. That is something that Huggins says he does not want to do. He wants to be an NBA coach that if the Celtics thing doesn't work out, he would like to move on to another NBA job and be yeah. an NBA guy, NBA lifer. So that's interesting as well, because I don't know if everybody would have thought of that of Missoula either. So we'll see what the league really does think of him, too, if he does not win with the Celtics and how his next job will look if he gets one. But there's pressure there, but he got a good group. So maybe he could be a great Celtics all-time coach if they if they do win a title, because then they're going to certainly not be in any way interested in cutting bait. But he's the full-time man right now. It was not Brad Stevens who stepped back onto the bench. It was Joe Mazzulla, the West Virginia Mountaineer, and he's led him to the NBA's best record so far. But you're judged by the postseason with the Celtics. We'll see what he does from here on out. But the pressure of that interim tag is gone now. He is the full-time coach. And we'll see if he can have an offseason with a little bit less drama, championship or not. Joe Sway, I definitely appreciate the time, man, for sure. So uh, in, enjoy covering Missoula because I know that it, it's fun for sure. <laughs> and a lot of Mountaineer yeah. fans are rooting him on and, and following along with the journey as well. It's never a dull moment for sure. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you for uh, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Have a good day, man. So again, Joe Sway. Josue Pavone, again, from CLNS Media. He is the host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast, Celtics great and Celtics analyst currently as well. And it's just interesting to hear from somebody who's actually covering the team that's actually in there because obviously Mountaineer fans, us who covered Missoula and know Missoula from the past, you know the story, you know how he got there, you know how surprising it is. You thought he could be a good coach. You knew he knew basketball, but wow, 34, first major job, didn't even have a major one in college. It's the Celtics. They're just in the finals. There's drama, best record. But could anybody do that? Because they're so loaded. They're so mature now. They've been through it, and they're so good with the roster and now having two legit stars that are perennial all-stars, et cetera. We'll see now into the postseason. I was thinking they were going to wait until the end of the playoffs because, again, if they lose in the second round, maybe the Celtics fans would have pause, the media would have pause, and he started getting killed, and the franchise would have pause because there's pressure there. They went and win another championship. Stevens wants to do it as an executive. He didn't get it done as a head coach, didn't even get him to the finals. So I thought they would wait because if it goes south, and it could. You just don't know how someone's going to react to the postseason until you get there. They might regret it, but regardless – even if they would lose in the second round, they're not going to be cutting bait in this offseason when they just took the interim tag away. So he's going to have a year now to really learn on the job. He wants this. They want this. They feel ready. He's adjusting. You hear how he's molding himself from when he first got the job to now. And again, it's that blend of being a tough coach, a Huggins-like, to also being a player's coach in a way and being more friendly with the players than, say, a Belichick would be kind of again taking a page out of Huggins book he can have fun with them as well as being tough on them and give them the tough love when necessary and clearly make it known that hey I'm in charge which is harder to do in the NBA because hey these players are getting more money than their coach in many respects certainly the stars but Missoula has that respect from them which is a big deal and we'll see how that now ventures towards a path into the postseason east wide open Embiid's health is a question, obviously, on the Sixers. Harden has not got it done in the postseason in the past. The Bucks have Giannis. Do they have a second star? No, they have solid players, though. They now have another all-star. They got Crowder to come aboard. They won a championship with just Giannis and kind of the rest of really, really good players before, though. So why is that still a question? And outside of those top teams in the East, nobody really feels good enough or ready enough. Cleveland, very, very good, a great story but they feel like they're the Celtics three years ago or so. They're not ready yet. 
the Knicks, they're not ready yet. There's a lot of teams that aren't ready yet. We'll see what happens in the East Conference. They got to at least get out of that, though. That's where the pressure is. And then if they don't and they're upset, Missoula won't be fired now. But they're going to have to at least get out of it next year. Or I would not be shocked the way the Celtics move. But if they don't get to the finals this year, certainly if they get there and don't win a championship to a team outside of the Suns because they'd be favored against everybody else. And then next year they don't get to the finals. So you go two, three years, you don't win a championship, you don't get to another finals. They probably would cut bait with Missoula. But I'd imagine he's had enough success now because he's building these regular season wins at least. He'll get another NBA job, which is what he wants. So sorry, Mountaineer fans. He doesn't want to come back to West Virginia. He doesn't want to coach at college. He got his premier job. He grew up a Celtics fan and in the area. And this is it for him. But if this somehow doesn't work out because the pressure is immense there, he'll get another NBA opportunity. He'll want another NBA opportunity. He's young enough. He'll have many, many years to go. So want to get the Missoula story from somebody who covers the team. I'm going to try to do this again maybe as well and get, you know, keep tabs. Maybe we're going to cover some Missoula games, certainly into the postseason with this journey now becoming full-time and becoming uh, a process that's going to go at least to next year. If not after that, you would imagine now, although you never know in the NBA with uh, the quick hook sometimes that is on these guys. But Joe Missoula has dealt with pressure and drama to get the NBA's Boston Celtics to the league's best record at the All-Star break. We will now see how he handles it and how they move throughout the rest of the regular season and then into the playoffs, how that is handled and what they do. And could we have the ultimate capper, the ultimate Disney movie from West Virginia, well, first from New England, then from West Virginia, and a mountaineer, and it's happened before, obviously, with Jerry West, but a mountaineer, this would be wild. First year, 34 years old, never a major premier job, not even in college before, certainly not in the NBA. Going from an assistant off of drama, one year in, NBA best record, and then NBA champion with the team you grew up watching, an historic franchise that has only won the one in the last 30-plus years despite having the most of any franchise in league history. Does he get them that second since the Larry Bird days? Does he get them that extra championship they so want? Does he do what didn't happen last year when they were in the, in the finals and lost to the Warriors? And does he do it in his first year? Does Joe Mazzola, a West Virginia Mountaineer, win an NBA championship as a head coach of the Boston Celtics in his first year on the job at 34 years old with really no experience prior? That would be an incredible story. That's a story that you're watching, I'm going to be watching, and obviously... Celtics fans are going to be joining you and watching, if not the closest of anyone. We will see. We don't know. It's already been a remarkable, great story so far. But wow, if that's how it ends. Just imagine that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.